Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! I know the human being and science, science. can coexist peacefully. Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Baxter blue glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of glare. The past year, we have all been glued to our devices more than ever. And, you know, for this show, I end up having to do a lot of research and read a lot of articles online. I mean, staring at my screen for hours and hours as I write up the show notes and everything. Our exposure to digital light has soared, and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Baxter Blue is also a force for good, and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every pair sold. This is eyewear built for our digital age. And Baxter Blue is giving our listeners 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids' glasses. Click the link in our show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you've been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know you will love your Baxters, and we know that you will feel the difference. I should have my <laughs> Isn't it good? Um, I was actually trying to figure out what the, this accent... Like, one of my coworkers said, Wooter? Instead of water, like they were like, hey, do you want some Reuter? And I was like, where the fuck is that from? And all day I was like, Reuter, Reuter, you couldn't help ourselves. Turns out I texted my buddy in the State Department because I was like, who, who would know that? Yeah. Right. I went to the I went to Joe Biden. Right. Yeah. And my buddy was like, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is where they oh. see things like Reuter. Yeah, well, me a little bit of Reuter. There's an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Where they like do a Philadelphia accent. Right. And it, it was astonishing. I didn't realize that was a thing. Anyway, guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. We're on part two of our allergy series. Hopefully you guys listened in last week. If not, go take a look because we talk about different types of hypersensitivities. This week, we're going to dive deep, deep into what we more colloquially understand as allergies. Right. So last time there were four hypersensitivities. We kind of glossed over the first one because type 1 hypersensitivities are really kind of what all of us consider allergies, right? And so we went through the other ones in more detail. But this time, this is now. It is is the time. (laughs) This is now. We're going to do this now, right? Now, now this is what I call podcasting for. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) We should just do a a cover of like other podcasts (laughs) and just get so sued so hard. (laughs) <laughs> just like in kids' voices, <laughs> do, do like the weeds this, this in is a awesome. child's voice. <laughs> this is already the Ezra Klein show, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this episode, we're going to be talking first a little bit of setup about allergens and how allergies work, and then we're going to go into things like stuffy noses, seasonal allergies, all that kind of stuff that like most people kind of know what we're talking about. Awesome. So let's do this thing. Mm. So let's recap a little bit about hypersensitivity. One, when we're talking about allergies, what's like the basic premise of what's going wrong? Right. So allergies in a really broad sense, they're our bodies overreacting to something that's actually harmless. And when that thing comes from outside of our bodies, we call that an allergen. Right. And do you think increasing rates of allergies in the Western world has to do with um, cancel culture, (laughs) with uh, uh, trigger warnings in college campuses? (laughs) Oh, I'm allergic to bros. (laughs) Um, I mean, is it causal or correlative? That's that's beautiful. Uh, the, The next episode, we're actually going to talk about whether the incidence of allergies is increasing. Yeah. And... If it is, what are some possible explanations? So, platform venture here, am I right? 
Why is that guy allowed to be there? I don't know. It is mostly Woo. his fault. I, it always just pissed me off. Driving north on the 405, there's mm-hmm. a really big sign that's like, drive conservatively. This is like Ben Shapiro's <laughs> fucking face. Yes. Dude, that fucking dick-eating smirk. <laughs> For all of our jokes about, you know, pretending to be on the other side of cancel culture, like yeah. it is like actually triggering for me to see Ben Shapiro's face big. Oh. You know, like I, I actually like get mad while I'm driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just seeing him there. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, anyway, wait, wait. So let's talk about actual hypersensitivities. <laughs> Sometimes our immune systems overreact to stuff that is not dangerous to us. It's from outside of our bodies. Those guy are called... sent me one Ben Shapiro article and I got hives. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Ben Shapiro is an allergen. Okay. When it's something from inside of our bodies, when it's yeah. inside the house. Yes. Right. That's, we usually call those autoimmune disorders. Right. Okay. Things from outside your bodies, things like pet dander or pollen, right? Those are some classic allergens. Mm. And so now let's get into what makes the type 1 hypersensitivity special. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's mainly a very specific kind of antibody. Okay. IgE. Mm. That's like its letter. Okay, and that's it's like the naughtiest antibody that there is. Most of the time, antibodies are nice to have around. You get your COVID vaccine, your IgM, and then your IgG levels go up. Yeah. And it's like, great. And now you're all protected. Yeah. There was a paper came out, even said that, um, like, the uh, Moderna and Pfizer vaccines offer pretty good protection. Right. Against even the 1137 variant or whatever, the one that was discovered in South Africa. Oh, shit. Yeah. So that's nice. And anyway, what about double secret probation that's going around in India right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Right. That's a good question. Yeah. I don't think we're totally sure yet. Don't know that yet. Not quite yet. Okay. Well, anyway. Yeah. But on this thing, the naughty antibodies, yeah. IgE. Yeah. Okay. This is actually pretty common, though, isn't it? There's a lot of IgEs running around in you, right? Like it's very. It's the most common. No. <laughs> it's is not the majority isotype IgG is the majority isotype in blood fuck yeah I know it's just one letter different but IgG is yeah. that's that's the kind of classic one that gives you protection against stuff right, right. IgE is actually pretty rare in our bodies you don't right. find it that often right but it's the thing so the, the way antibodies work right is they're kind of y-shaped right? yeah they have like the feet part and then they have their hands kind of up in the air doing the YMCA thing. Right. And those hands can grab onto stuff. Right. And then the feet usually have some kind of signal that maybe it, like, attaches to immune cells or does some kind of, like, function. Okay. Okay. Sure. So IgE, the whole point of those guys, is that their hands grab onto allergens. Right. Okay. So they're not very common, but they are pretty significantly responsible for setting off all of these allergic reactions. Right. Wherever there's an allergic reaction, you get, like, a shit ton of them. Yeah, yeah. So in people with allergies, their IgE levels in like their secretions oh. and in their blood, it's usually like 10 to 1,000 times higher than normal. Jesus. So they're just secreting just like fucking IgE by the tube blood. Yeah. Gross. Just bunches of it. Okay. Yeah. And so, like I said, in that Y shape of the IgE, the hands would be the things like grabbing onto pollen or yeah. whatever, right? But then the feet are actually almost always already bound to a cell. Okay. Oh, okay. So unlike IgG, which is just floating around like a Y shape, going right. through your blood, hanging out, okay? IgE, you almost never find it in its free form. Okay. It's almost always already latched onto a cell by the feet. And usually those kinds of cells are a type of cell called mast cell. Mm. Sometimes some basophils also got some IgE on there, but those are like the two main dudes have a bunch of IgE attached to them, okay? There's like a receptor on these cells that likes to grab onto IgE's feet. Yeah. It's like the uh, FCE receptor 1 and CD23 and stuff like that. Right. But anyway, those are the receptors they grab onto IgE. So, you know, I think realistically, what we got to do now is we got to talk about mast cells. Okay. And basophils. Because if IgE is like the kind of antibody that's like all allergies that we talk about, all of our common allergies... All of those got IgE involved. Right. Okay. Almost all of those mast cells are like the next step in the allergic reaction. Okay, okay? cool. Like kind of the shit that they do. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break and then we're going to talk about that next step, baby. We're going to talk about mast cells. Bazitophils. <laughs> Science news. So, Sean, have you heard the news? Uh, what news, Nathan? So it's about uh, these ants in Germany, right? Okay. Um, German ants. I don't know if they're only in Germany. But, well, there's there's some scientists. Okay. They're German scientists. Yes. I remember that one. Okay, and so they're researching these ants, right? And these ants, 
they have like uh, some of them have tapeworms. Oh. Turns out everything has tapeworms. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but the ants that had tapeworms, they were like this funny color, like tawny. I remember that detail. Mm. They were like a tawny, like a tawny owl. They were this beautiful tawny color, like an adolescent ant from the species. Or like a port. Yeah. Don't throw me off, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fucking throw me off, man. <laughs> and so the ants that had tapeworms, rather than dying younger or whatever from parasites, mm -hmm. they lived longer. Not only do they live longer, so the scientists, they're German, right? So they're very, very passionate people, right? Yes. They wash the ants for three years. Holy shit. Like, you know, most of the worker ants, they like, they got the black lung. Yeah. Like, eh, eh, bop. And they're like most of fucking dead, right? Yes. Okay. These tawny infected ones with tapeworms lived at least for the three years. 50% of them lived the whole three years. Holy shit. And with no signs of aging. Right, they didn't change color. They didn't get older. I don't know if ants have like fucking wrinkles or something, but like yeah, they didn't hairs. get visibly older at all. Uh -huh. And it, the scientists predict that they're on the same lifespan as the queen, which oh. would be like ten to twenty years. Oh shit! Right, and so they don't really know why the tapeworms seem to have this effect, but the tapeworms really seem to have this effect. Not only that, but like the ants, the normal ants, rather than killing off the infected ants, purposely pamper them, let them not do any work feed them meticulously, take care of them, such that it drains the health of the entire colony. The whole colony gets weaker. It you know, produces less eggs, is less efficient writ large, because so many resources are drained into these pampered, fucking immortal vampire tapeworm ants. Why do they do that? Nobody knows. <laughs> uh, you know, I think you probably said in the article. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because, like, there is a downside to being tapewormed. Which is that like these ants that have like weird longevity are also comically docile. Mm. So like let's say a predator lifted the rock and like mm -hmm. fucking saw the ant, all the other ants scurry and help the eggs. Mm -hmm. The pampered ants just like fucking look up and yeah, like idiots like, and like yeah. and just get eaten, ah. thus spreading the tapeworms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's cool, right? Yeah. Now, Sean, you may be thinking, is that news? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I'll have to justify it then. Is that news? Uh, it is news. It's on the Atlantic show. Wow. Okay. But anyway, that's science news. Okay, Sean, well, what about all these Chad immune cells? Right. Just hanging around. So our two main Chads this time around are yeah. mast cells and basophils. Yeah. And they're the ones that got these IgE antibodies all hanging around on their surface. They are a kind of immune cell called a granulocyte. Okay. Okay. And they're called that because they have these mm, little storage spaces in their cytoplasm. Right. That's where they keep all the, the nukes, right? That's where they yes. keep all the Agent Orange. Right. And those little clumps of stuff are called granules. Okay. And when these cells get excited... They take those granules and they start chucking them outside the cell. Right, right. Kind of like, like a grenadier from Napoleonic Warfare. Right, like, right. <laughs> or just like <laughs> fucking just dropping napalm all over the environment. Right. right. Just so like we're talking about all my favorite forms of warfare. <laughs> right. These are like the really cool guys. They just like really blast the shit. Typically out of the tissue environment they're living in, which is normally your tissue. So like right. these are the guys who are making it ouchies. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. And so a lot of times you'll find these cells in mucosal tissues. Okay. So a lot of the places where you got mucus and a lot of places where you have a lot of interaction with the external world. That's where you'll find a lot of mast cells. What does that imply? Like your skin or something? Or like your... They are underneath your skin. They're, they're in the dermis layer. Your dick, am I right? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's interacting with the animal. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Woo, my butt! But also your lips. <laughs> yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> what people don't understand, by the way, is that Sean's lips are luscious. Wow. And delicious. Um, 310... <laughs> Bleep it! <laughs> if you want to call Sean, <laughs> if you want it, ooh, go get it. <laughs> wow. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, what were we talking about? Holy shit! Oh, oh, where mucus stuff is. Your oh, fucking, yes. Your, your nose. Yeah, yeah. Your yeah. throat. Yeah. Okay. You know, so all kinds of spots. Yeah, my throat. After you. <laughs> there, there's right? also just dumping IG in there. Fucking pervert, dude. God I'm your brother. God damn it. <laughs> My mouth. God, God damn it. Okay. Uh, we're ruined. So, so all the little, little, bitty parts of your body that got exposure to the outside world has IgE. 
And definitely a lot of them in your intestines, okay? Oh. And that is why mm. we are going to have an entire episode on food allergy. Oh, okay. okay? Oh, okay. Because there is a crazy, crazy shitload of them in your intestines. So let's really quickly just settle this question once and for all. Are food allergies completely psychosomatic? No. <laughs> They're real. All right. Some of them. Some of them. <laughs> Here's the thing. Basically, this whole episode is setting up the idea that when we colloquially say allergy, we usually We're, mean IgE related. Right. Okay. And there are some people who eat food and do not have an IgE reaction. Right. But still have some kind of intestinal issue. Right. That they probably themselves think of as a food allergy. Right. Okay. So like, allergy is like, kind of a crap. Scratch all. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of a scratch all for uh, for you getting fucked up by something external. Right, right, right. That should be harmless. Right, right. So you know, in that sense, like I don't think we need to nitpick over the definition exactly. Right. But that's what I mean by some food allergies are IgE driven right. and therefore are more like classically what we think of right. as an allergy. Anyway, we got all these IgEs popping off all over the place. And they are attached on mast cells, and those are in your mucosal tissues. Okay. okay. So what kinds of stuff are in these granules that the mast cells are just, like, tossing out like dynamite, right? Before you say that, this will be brief, too, okay? I promise. Okay. Okay, sequel to Osmosis Jones, Mikey Mucosal, right? <laughs> <laughs> Writes itself, dude. Enough said. I think that works. I think that works. <laughs> okay. think that works. Yeah. Anyway, tell me about Mikey Mucosal. Yeah, so our little buddy Mikey, yeah. he's got a ton of histamine inside of him. Okay, okay. I've heard histamine. Yes. Everyone's always taking antihistamines. Yes. Right, what's up? Yes, okay, so we're going to go into some of the deets on histamine in a second. Oh, all right. Let me list some of the other things I first. Up. <laughs> I fucked up, Bob. Um... They also, I, I actually, I even wrote the sentence we'll talk more about in a second. Lol. Yeah, because uh, I knew that you were going to fuck me on that. So, oh, by um, the way, I realized we have a diverse demographic. Lol stands for laugh out loud. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, proteases. Okay. Proteases are enzymes that like to chop up proteins. Ah. Okay. Of which there are like a shitload of proteins just in your tissues mm. hanging out. Okay. Yeah. So these give them the chop chop. And then we also have mixed in there heparin. Mm. Okay. Heparin is kind of a weird one. I don't know if you remember us talking yeah, about we heparin. Talked about heparin. Heparin was discovered like, I don't know, fucking a hundred years ago or some shit. Right. By some dude that was looking for stuff out there that can cause clotting of blood. Right. Okay. And he was working with some cow liver, because I guess when you're a scientist a hundred years ago, it's just like fucking literally anything, mix it with blood and see what happens. Right. And so he was using cow liver and what he found was actually something in cow liver was stopping the blood from clotting. It mm. was like the opposite of what he was looking for. Right. But it worked really well. And so finally, you know, after refining it and everything, they found out that there was this stuff, heparin, yeah. that you could use as an anti-clotting agent. How do you refine cow liver? Oh, you just, like, keep splitting it up into different fractions of stuff. Gross. And, like, maybe centrifuging it a little bit and, like, bigger clumps of shit go down further and stuff like that. Damn. But in any case, so heparin's really cool. It's a really important drug, right? And right. it helps prevent blood clots, right. except, except with people in very <laughs> rare disease cases <laughs> sure. where it actually makes blood clots way, way worse. Right? We talked about this in the context of AstraZeneca, didn't we? AstraZeneca, yes. The yeah. vaccine for COVID, right? right? So that's kind of a little recap on heparin. The thing is biologically. So for heparin to do what we like it to do as a medicine, it's supposed to be in the bloodstream, okay? Biologically, we don't really have any heparin in our bloodstream. Right. We do make heparin. Yeah. But it's 100% in mast cells. Yeah. And not at all in the bloodstream. You know, it's terrible for me is that mine is made in my balls. And I don't know if loyal listeners remember from an earlier episode, I had mine transplanted. So now I'm deficient heparin and I have to get it injected on a weekly basis. That's a, that's, a, that's a deep cut for loyal listeners. I, <laughs> this makes sure you really like, paid on, attention. Yeah, on, on one hand, like I appreciate the idea of having callbacks to previous episodes. Or loyal listeners. I just, yes, yes. Either one of those would be great. Um, <laughs> but I wish it wasn't about this specific fake thing. You know? About my chimp balls! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I, <laughs> I hated that joke when you first told it. <laughs> Is that a joke? <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay, this well, is like I, my testicular monologues. You know what I'm saying? The point Which is... Which will release one animated pretty soon. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually looking forward to that a lot. <laughs> um, the point is, the heparin in mast cells doesn't yeah. appear like it's there to do what we normally use it for as a drug. Mm. It's not being used as an anti-clotting agent. So what the fuck is it for? 
Right, that's a good question. We're not 100% oh. sure. But one thing that we do know is heparin has a lot of negative charges on it. Right. And something like histamine has positive charge. Ah. So it might be something that kind of like helps balance out the histamine so you right. can pack more of them into these granules. Mm. But this is another place where science, in as much as it fails us, we have to go to the testaments, right? And <laughs> what it says in Psalms <laughs> is that heparin is the soul. It's the soul molecule. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that the one <laughs> right after? It's like uh, stay away from ladies you don't know because like their bottom parts are evil or something. I was about like to that. say they bleed. <laughs> they bleed. So their bottom parts like taste of wormwood or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very around, scary. It's a very informative <laughs> part of Psalms. It's not part of the same chunk. I got you. <laughs> okay, well, anyway. Okay, um, so we got a lot of heparin. Maybe it's balancing out, you know, all the, the histamine. Yes, yeah, so, so that you can get the histamine in there. Yes, so now that I've said the word histamine again, yeah. let's get back to what histamine actually is. Yeah. Because... As you mentioned, yeah, a lot of people, when they get allergies going, they will take an antihistamine. Yeah. Right? It's kind of one of the fun things about this pod, man, is like, I'm learning about words that I've heard in like the popular vernacular, and it's like my world is expanding, you know? Uh, I would I would love it if like anybody out there agreed with you. you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was very much what I was going for, but like... Not just to only you. <laughs> yeah. It requires recording whole episodes for me to remember what you tell me. So so this is valuable for me, if no one else. So, these histamines, okay? Mm. Histamine is, on one hand, like a neurotransmitter. Yeah. Okay? Uh, so it can do signaling to neurons and stuff like that. Yeah. And in fact, when mast cells dump histamine out, yeah. it can hit some of the pain receptor nerves in the area and make cool. them more sensitive to pain. Cool. Which is one of the reasons why when you're having an allergic reaction or like a hive or something like that, it can be very sensitive to yeah. touch, right? But histamine does a lot of other stuff besides that, including it playing like a huge role in what's called vasodilation, mm. okay? So that means it goes over and it hits blood vessels, right. like your capillaries or veins or whatever, you know? Tines them up, right? Dilator. Oh, it opens them up. Yes. Oh! Yeah, so it makes them bigger and then tells them to chill out. It's like, hey, cool, cool yeah, out, buddy. Yeah. So they kind of loosen up, they get bigger, and then more liquid flows into the tissue area, which okay. causes edema or swelling. Okay. And so that's why you get like a raised area. So girls who are named edema, their name actually means swelling. That's really interesting. That's Do like, you know girls named Edema? Yeah, I know a couple of Edemas. Oh. Just like, I don't know if you know this, but Nathan, in the original Old Testament, means shit of a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> sheep shit. <laughs> Mama knew what she was doing. Mama knew. <laughs> Mama gave birth to me. She's like, this is little sheep shit boy. <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> Nailed it. So this vasodilation can also cause other immune cells to kind of get brought along into the tissue, right? Cool. So that's one way to like kind of recruit buddies to set off like a full-blown inflammatory reaction, right? Yeah. Histamine can also cause smooth muscle constriction, mm. which can tighten up your throat. Okay, I'm starting to see... Uh... All the things that happen to people. <laughs> yes, and so another place where you have smooth muscle is your intestines. Ah. So it can cause this kind of constriction of your intestines. Sometimes that can work out so that it causes changes to like the movement of stuff through your intestines. Right. right? Okay, so I'm seeing, this is all coming together, right? right? Like you have allergies. This is what's happening to you if you have going to anaphylactic shock, right? Or if you're, if you're intestine, you just have like all sorts of food problems, right? Right, so histamines are responsible for like a really solid chunk of that. Okay. There are a bunch of other molecules that I didn't bother listing that are in the granules in mast cells and basophils right. that also do things, some of them overlap with histamines, some of them are like slightly different and everything right. like that, but histamines maybe account for almost like slightly under a majority of all of the shit that goes down right. from allergies. So let's take a break. And then when we come back, what we're going to do is we're going to actually just run through some of your like classic allergic responses. All right. The following is an actual advertisement. Do you love role-playing or tabletop games? Do you love Monster of the Week shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Supernatural? Do you wish you could find a podcast that combines all of those things? Well, look no further. Thornvale is a narrative-driven actual play podcast following three monster hunters as they fight to keep a small town in Florida safe from the creatures that threaten it. It's full of action. So do you actually say that? Yes, I'm actually going to say that. I'll be like, I'll distract him, you get him. And so I'm going to try... Okay, Bjorn, how are you going to get him? Um, Comedy. 
I just got this image in my head, now this is me, not Sammy, of this dragon that was collecting materials for a chicken farm. <laughs> <laughs> and truly awful dice rolls. Nope, another oh. three. That's, oh that's my, my second three in a row. Oh my gosh. We're killing this thing. If that sounds like it's up your alley, then look us up wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, so you're getting histamine bombed, yeah. right? And uh, your mast cells are like, whoop, 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 whoop. They're chucking out grenadier grenades and napalm and fucking Agent Orange. Yes. What can that do to people? What are some of the responses people have? Right, so I think at the top, it's useful to say that basically when this shit is going on in some local place, right? If we have like a regional war. Right, 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 yes. Um, that's why we can have all these different kinds of allergic reactions, okay? Right. So in a, in a certain sense, a lot of the like cell level shit that's going down right. is actually kind of similar between asthma and hay fever and a hive yeah. or something like that, right? But it's the location that it's happening and that makes a difference. Right. So first one up, nasal allergic rhinitis, okay. aka hay fever. Okay, hay fever is one of those things I feel like I've heard of, and I've never, like, I don't really know what hay fever is. I think because it's called hay fever, yeah. that's misleading, because I know it's not about, like, horses and barns and shit. Right, <laughs> so right. What is it? So hay fever does not have to involve hay and does not involve a fever, so it's a little confusing that's, why yeah, they call it that's that. Yeah, that's shit. But hay fever is like seasonal allergies. Yeah. It's just okay. the, the same seasonal allergies like fucking everybody has. Okay. Okay. So... What that involves, in case there's someone out there who has not had seasonal allergies before, is a either runny or stuffy nose, sneezing, itchy eyes, maybe an itchy mouth or skin, and fatigue. Okay? Some people get it as just a seasonal allergy, particularly if the allergen is something that is seasonal. Yeah. Right? Like, if you are allergic to, like, tree <laughs> or, like... That weird? I just want to know if tree <laughs> and sap are <laughs> different. No, they're totally different. Sap is tree blood. What is okay? So what is tree? Pollen. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, I remember once I got I, I got some lilies for Stacy. Uh huh. That is sticky, right? Like my clothes <laughs> was like I had to throw that white shit out because like, like it was like I had lily all over me. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. It, it knew what it did. <laughs> um. So because those things are seasonal, right? Like in the springtime. Yeah. People who are allergic to tree pollen. That usually sets them off. And if you're somebody who has seasonal allergies in the fall, right. most commonly that's ragweed or some other kind of weed. Um, ragweed sounds like an offensive term from the 30s for like a homeless person. You're like, ah, it's a, a group of ragweeds walking around town. <laughs> and like the police come and they're like, you ragweeds better get out of here. <laughs> like, we don't want no ragweeds tumbling through town. Sounds accurate. <laughs> it's like a fucking Peter Fonda plays one in the movie. Did you know that hobo is a term specifically for a homeless person who is like still working? Oh. It's like they have a job, but they're homeless. Wow, that... That's like almost way worse. Like like that that sounds so much shittier to me somehow than just being homeless. Yep. You know, like it's like if you have a job, you should just be able to have a home. Yeah. But not in America, because you know, that's communism. Thanks, AOC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So some people have it seasonally. Yeah. But other people have what you'd call perennial allergic rhinitis okay right. and usually those people are allergic to some kind of indoor allergen like pet dander or dust mites or mold or something some shit that is not necessarily linked to a season right right yeah. right and so that means you're just always getting set off hay fever or this kind of thing this rhinitis it's not just a seasonal thing it could also just be a year-round kind of thing right okay so what is happening in this situation? Well, there's an allergen that's getting up into your nose and it's running into a mast cell that already has an IgE stuck on its surface and the IgE grabs onto the allergen, yeah. sets off the mast cell. The mast cell takes like a massive dump of the granule, you know, all the granules, right. all the stuff and in there. And now a whole city block's been bombed. Yes. Right. Okay. And so this vasodilates the nearby blood vessels. And that increases the fluid into your sinuses. Right. Okay. And when you get a bunch of fluid coming into any tissue, the tissue kind of inflates up. Right. Right. And sinuses are sort of like a drainage area that has like a lot of holes in it, like a right. colander or something. Right. And you just made all those holes way smaller. Right. Because now there's all this fluid that's kind of like swelling everything up. Okay. And that gives you that stuffy feeling from allergies. The histamines and those other secreted molecules from mast cells also can result in rhinorrhea okay what's that so it's like diarrhea 
<laughs> Except it's from your nose. That's pretty gross. That's just a runny nose. Oh. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So that runny nose thing. Or it's like if you adapted Mamma Mia, but to be about a group of rhinoceroses. Oh, like Rhinoria. <laughs> Here, Here we go, go again. again. Wow. <laughs> I don't know the noises Rhinoria <laughs> makes. No, but I mean, I think in this adaptation, Rhinoria is the name of the girl who has three rhino dads. And like Rhino Mama is, you know, it's like, which which one of the rhino dads is my real dad, Rhino Mama? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I think, I think, so Rhinoria, I think in this adaptation is actually the name of uh, Amanda Seyfried. Well, this is the second gold tier movie pitch that you've made this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so you are on fire. You're a good idea machine. Someone who listens to us must be yeah, in charge of Paramount, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dad's connections must be worth something. Right? I mean, like, what, what else? Help me. <laughs> okay. So, Rhino Rio, or the yeah. production of runny mucus, is just basically telling the mucus-producing cells in the nose to just get to work. Yeah. But, like, you can also have a stuffy nose in some situations, right? Okay. So, that could be a case where there's, like, not enough water and it's getting kind of dehydrated. Or it's just, like, physically drying out really quickly. All right. right? So, you know, taking drugs like antihistamines can relieve some of the hay fever symptoms. Or can, like, reduce the severity of them. But usually, uh, I mean, I, you know, I don't know what people's experiences are with antihistamines. I've always found, like, they don't totally go away. Yeah. They just, like, kind of get a little better. Right. right. And part of that is because in the granules, histamines are just one of the chemicals that gets released by mast cells. Right. And even though they're, like, like I said, kind of close to a majority, that does kind of put an, a ceiling on how much antihistamines can help. Right. right? This is, like, more like a parliamentary system where, like, you have multi-parties. Sure. Right? Okay. So you got, like, ooh, so, like, you got you got your histamines, but then you have, like, all these other parties that could form coalitions. Yeah, like the if, leukotrines. Right, and if you just, like, then yahooed a party and just, like, banned it or something, mm-hmm. okay, well, you'd still have all the other parties. Antihistamines... So can only do so much. Can only do so much. And, and also, you know, mast cells are the ones that we've been focusing on because they are the ones that directly interact with the IgE, and they do have this major role. But after they start just, like, firebombing the tissue... Other immune cells do come in, and they also play a role, and they might not have anything to do with histamine, right? Right. So one of the other cell types that comes in are eosinophils. And eosinophils are another kind of, like, professional secretor cell, you know, like mast cells. But they're secreting other kinds of stuff, okay? Things with names like major basic protein. <laughs> Which is like uh, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Major basic protein, <laughs> sir. <laughs> it does. It does sound like weirdly like some kind of thing that you'd add to a smoothie to like get super yoked. Oh, you know that's I mean? good. You, you know the Jamba Juice Manhattan Beach clothes, and now it's fruit nut. They, <laughs> yeah. they add major basic protein yeah, to all your drinks, That's right. Dude. MBP. I mean, that's funny. I was thinking again in terms of movie pitches. I know. I know. Because yeah. the major is also great, right? Yeah. You can have an army-themed sort of thing. Yeah. And then, like, Vincent D'Onofrio plays, like, private T-cell and just, like, murders major basic protein. So I think there's almost no one with me on this, but, like... I love Law and Order Criminal Intent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least like 12 million Americans. They just like don't overlap with our listenership. <laughs> right, very exactly. Closely. But Vincent D'Onofrio is great. Yeah, I've been rewatching it on really good, yeah. Peacock TV. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> that, that should just. Peacock TV, if that was proper advertising, would just be about you walking down Westwood in heels. <laughs> that's Peacock TV. Very sexy. Anyway, yeah. major basic protein, that's something that eosinophils dump out. They also dump out. Eosinophil cationic protein, which is pretty straightforward in its name, and eosinophil peroxidase. Mm. All of these things are just great at wrecking tissue environments. They're like the bad bunch. Disney Plus. They didn't execute Order 66. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. (laughs) Between the two of us, I I gave a free ad for Peacock and you gave one for Disney Plus and neither one of them is going to pay us. Um, (laughs) We should write a letter. (laughs) uh, Okay. So some people take steroidal Snortsky's stuff. I take steroids. Yeah, sure. To work on the anti-inflammatory kind of magic. Different for me. Um, 
Like you, you can get the the snorty sprays, the yeah, nasal sure. sprays. Oh right? yeah, I actually do it. And so you can get the steroids up in there, and they can do some anti-inflammatory work. And that, in a certain sense, is kind of a broader thing. Yeah. Right. Because it's not just against histamines. You know what I actually learned recently is that the difference between a nasal spray and a suppository <laughs> is willpower. <laughs> <laughs> oh man (laughs) well at least that one gets to stay in don't say anything else though (laughs) it would be so easy okay um all right so the next thing that we can talk about is allergic asthma okay and Asthma is an awful lot like what would happen if you took all of that nasal stuff that we were just talking about and then put it in your throat instead. Oh, scary. Okay. For me, the throat's important to me. That's my moneymaker. So I don't don't want anything to happen to that. So so you do have the situation of vasodilation, okay? So there's more liquid coming in. But you also have smooth muscle that lines your throat. Right. And histamine causes smooth muscle to tighten. Okay, so that causes bronchoconstriction. Oof. Okay, and that can make it very difficult to breathe. Yeah. Right? You also get more mucus produced in your throat. Okay. And that also makes it very difficult to breathe. So, all in all... When you take all of the histamine effects and move it into the throat, you get a situation where people might be in a very dangerous situation of not being able to take any breaths anymore, Mm -hmm. right? In a lot of cases, asthma can be effectively controlled with, like, an inhalable guy, Mm -hmm. right? And usually that inhalable kind of spray, uh, which I used to have as a kid, has a beta-2 adrenergic agonist, Mm -hmm. like albuterol. Yeah. Okay? Albuterol is kind of like epinephrine. Yeah. Or adrenaline. All right. Like when some people maybe are prone to anaphylactic shock, you they like, have those epipens. You do that cool thing where you're like, right. you stab them. Yeah, you, don't, you don't have to do it into the heart most dude, of the time. Dude, I just like, go straight to the fucking heart, dude. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you don't have to do the heart. I'm like, ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're either going to save their life or they were a vampire and you successfully killed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Your fucking heart's not allergic anymore, bro. <laughs> so, uh, so basically, a lot of those early inhaler drugs yeah. were kind of the same sort of thing as what you have in EpiPens. Okay? Oh, okay. And it's supposed to work the same way. And we'll talk a little bit about the mechanism that they work by when we talk about anaphylaxis, which will be our last category nice. coming up. Okay. But that's like the hot one too. Yeah. That's a scary one. It is very scary. The thing is that sometimes those inhalers do not work very well with people that have severe asthma. Yeah. Okay? Or and just they've snorted so much glue that like all that shit, there's like so much Elmer's in there. Right? I mean, that was my problem. <laughs> were you trying to use your inhaler up your nose yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not how inhalers work okay well now you tell me <laughs> i was your brother for 13 years and you didn't tell me that come on man you you knew okay the instructions are put it in your mouth and suck okay? yeah. like, <laughs> you tell me you don't know about that man. <laughs> okay <laughs> so maybe unlike the seasonal allergies though like one way that they're kind of different that asthma is kind of different from seasonal allergies yeah is that in asthma and especially severe asthma you can actually kind of mess up your airway tissue. Like your tissue can get damaged in a certain kind of way Mm. where it becomes more disorganized because there's so many, you know, like the immune cells coming in and the eosinophils and mast cells are just like dumping all this shit that's kind of destroying it. The airway, as it rebuilds, kind of rebuilds more and more disorganized and less and less functional with more and more scar tissue. So you can actually like over time just have your airway get shittier and shittier Mm. if you have severe asthma. Whereas it seems like with seasonal allergies, like, that's not as big a thing. Right. So, you know, watch out. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> next episode, one of the things that we're going to talk about is some of the, like, next generation or, like, kind of recently, like, pretty hot treatments. Nice. To kind of try to treat, like, allergy stuff. Yeah. We're going to talk about, like, the Jean-Luc Picard version of some of these things. So regal. Yeah. Cool. And so we'll get to one of the treatments, potential treatments for asthma when we get right. there. Okay. So now we got to talk about three words that I can't say. You can try. Uh, yeah, okay. g- give, me, give me a shot on these. We got to talk about dermatolidal hives, atopic eschizemo, uh, <laughs> or urethra. Ure- <laughs> ure- urethema. Okay. So let's talk about those. Yeah, that's great. Dermatological hives, atoc- uh, uh, atopic eczema, and, and euripides. <laughs> And erythema. Yeah. Okay. Erythema is just getting red. So that's like, yeah. I don't really give a shit about that one. But atopic eczema, you know, did, wait, hold on. Did you have eczema or was that just grandpa? No, 
Grandpa Buzz had eczema? Yeah, dude. I don't know. I thought he had, like, psoriasis or... I, oh. I'm sure he also had whatever. Ah, well, whatever. Doesn't matter. I think matter. we had psoriasis. Okay. He also had cigars. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. was the main problem. Yeah. Okay. It uh, really was. <laughs> dermatological hives. Hives are like the little bumps. Like yes. Kind of little itchy bumps, right? Yeah. You Where... know, in Japan, there's actually a whole band, and all the girls there have hives. It's kind of like a specific kink, just like snaggle teeth or something. Wow, that's a bummer. They're called the bees. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like, oh, good. <laughs> Japan is a place for people with interests. Their first the release goes, Buzzy, buzzy, san, kan, buzzy, buzzy, kun. Buzz, 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 baby, buzz. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you know about this? <laughs> well, it's all fake, so... <laughs> <laughs> you can know about anything if it's fake. <laughs> uh, so, so... Stacey, can you put music behind that bus stop? <laughs> you just want Stacey to write an entire fake song to Oh my god, you. that'd be so funny. And, um, then, and, then, and then she should animate that with me in a little bus. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's like all fake, like the bubble burst or something. So, when I was reading about hives, one of the sort of descriptions that came up was that they are pruritic wheels okay and i was like what the fuck yeah does that mean that is but that means like a kind of swollen up itchy bump okay in your skin okay okay which isn't heels that is an accurate description of hives so cool cool okay they can show up really quickly and then they can kind of leave really quickly right right because one of the things about type 1 hypersensitivities is that their onset is very fast. Yeah. But hives can also go away kind of really quickly, too. Weird. You know? These kinds of skin allergies do not just show up with hives. You can also get eczema, which is like a red and itchy kind of rash situation. Right. Usually on your face, elbows, and knees. Ugh. So, whereas for something like hay fever, where we have a pretty good idea of what like the potential allergens are, mm-hmm. right? Like a lot of pollen stuff, pet dander, that kind of thing. Sometimes hives seem more to be like mast cells freaking out for almost no good reason. Right. For example, here are some things that can cause hives. Cold, exercise, touch, sunlight, and water. Oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty stupid. Right. It's like a lot of crap. What the fuck is their problem, basically? Right. Like, if sunlight can get some mast cells to, like ass blast the tissue around them in your skin. It's pretty bad for Earth. It's not great. Yeah. It's not great for people. So, you know. um, So we kind of don't know why. It's just mast cells just kind of flipping out for some reason. Yeah, well, so that one in particular, the solar uricara. Solar uricara. Well, solar hives. Let's let's call it that. I I, I can't remember what the actual word for hives is. Solar hives. I don't think we know exactly why. They Mm. think it has something to do with UV radiation and that hitting mast cells and people that are genetically predisposed and that like that makes them degranulate at that point it's just a histamine response right it's, it's kind of the same situation as all of our other allergic reactions but sometimes it doesn't seem to be an allergen that's setting it off yeah. it's like fucking sunlight or even more rarely sometimes water can mm. get people to have hives right which sucks for those people that does suck so let's talk about the big scary one right anaphylaxis Ooh. And so the thing about anaphylaxis is that it's when uh, an allergic reaction goes systemic. So all the ones we've talked about so far have been kind of localized, right? right. Hives are talking about skin stuff. And the seasonal kind of sneezy allergies, those are nose stuff. Right. Asthma's in your throat. But anaphylaxis is like your whole fucking body going Yeah, to. this is like when people get sung by a bee and they fucking die, right? Yeah, yeah, so they can. Uh, I, you know, I will say that... Something between 50 to 90% of adults will get stung by a bee at some point in their lives. Yeah. Yeah, I remember this one time. I was in fourth grade, so I guess it doesn't count because I wasn't an adult. But I was catching bees, kind of like a crawdad where you get them behind their wings. And I put three in a row. I caught three, fucking like a ninja. Yeah. And then fed them to a spider. Okay. And then the fourth one got out and stung me. And I, like, swole up, and I had this swollen, like, ring finger for, like... Well, no ring because no one loved me. But I had a swollen ring finger for, like... Two weeks, and I wasn't really mad about it, because I was like, well, I guess you get what you deserve, huh? Yeah, that is true. (laughs) Also, I think you said you were in the fourth grade, right? Yeah. So isn't it okay that you didn't have a ring on that finger, realistically? No, I mean, like, (laughs) if mom cared about me, she would have arranged something by then. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) So, uh, 
while I was looking this up, I yes. found out that this kind of allergy to like bee stings or whatever yeah. is called a hymenoptera venom allergy. Interesting. Because apparently bees are part of a category of insect called hymenoptera. And where are they called hymen? Right. I don't know. Huh. I looked it up and there's like some guesses as to why they decided that that was a good idea. But like, they're like, well, it could be because it's like a membrane for their wing. Because oh. the Terra part is for the wing, right? So right. it's like a wing description. It's like a membrane wing. Oh. But like, there's other insects that have membrane wings. I don't know if that really yeah. counts. I don't call them hymen mantis. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just a, a fun, like, weird kind of pause for yeah, a second. I was like, what did you just say? What did you say? Um, Anyway, but that category of venom allergy includes things like fire ant stings, right? Because they're related. Right. And then also wasps and that kind of shit. All them fuckers. Yes. Yeah. So out of the 50 to 90% of adults that at some point in their lives have been stung by a bee, maybe like 20% of them have sensitivity to the venom. Right. Like it sounds like you did. Yeah. uh, And that like you got pretty swollen. Yeah. Which to me sounds a lot like an actual allergic response. Right. Okay. Like that said, not all of those people are at risk of anaphylaxis, right. right? With it, like, being such a big allergic response that enough of the stuff leaks into your system mm-hmm. that, like, you actually get an allergic response, like, way all over your body, okay? So for some people, that anaphylaxis is something that you can actually get... Um, Treatment for. Right. That's cool. Right. And so it's, it's called venom immunotherapy. That's pretty cool. Okay. And it sounds like... <laughs> it sounds basically like the not-fake version of homeopathy yeah or it sounds like they show you little tiny segments of the movie venom uh, as much as you can bear <laughs> like, nah, I, can't take it. I used to like tom hardy yeah, yeah. what are you doing <laughs> um, uh well, what the fuck is anaphylact like like what is happening what does it mean that's a systemic why is there a systemic reaction to like a bee sting or something right so it's, it's because the local reaction got so out of hand that you have the same sort of signals that we're talking about, like histamine, leukotriene. Kind thing. of cascading through your body. Yeah, like it breaks out of the tissue area and actually gets like into your blood. Wow. And then once stuff is in your blood, it's pretty easy it's to get all over your body. baby. Right? Yeah. And so you start swelling up in a lot of your locations because you're starting to get vasodilation like everywhere. Right. Okay? And so that means that your lips can start swelling up. A lot of people, their tongues are uh, particularly sensitive, so their tongues will swell up and then make it really hard to speak. Right. Right? You can see, like, your eyelids getting super puffy and, like, it's noticeable how puffy that they can get. And basically, how much of that reaction you're getting is how severe anaphylaxis is. Most people that go into anaphylaxis do not go into anaphylactic shock, okay? And something like 99.7% of people with anaphylaxis that go to the hospital survive it fine okay mm-hmm. but but that one percent is still more than all covid deaths in america right 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 no that was I, don't <laughs> I don't think so i'm pretty yeah, sure not not at all <laughs> yeah. um what, what, sometimes i'm so convincing i even convince you so one of the things though that happens is like when you have so much vasodilation and there's so much liquid flowing into your tissues and you're getting all swollen up and everything yeah it means your blood pressure can drop Right. Really hard because there's like less liquid. There's literally less liquid in your veins and arteries. And is that the shock part? Right. So if it drops low enough, that's when it's classified as anaphylactic shock. Jeez. And it can be pretty dangerous. The thing is the treatment for it, which is epinephrine. Right. This is where you got to hit him in the heart, right? <laughs> you, you can just hit him in the leg, David. <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, I'm going to save you. <laughs> but that shot, that shot of adrenaline, yeah. epinephrine, yeah. almost does like the exact opposite of histamine. Really? Okay. Okay. In that when it hits what's called the alpha adrenergic receptor on your blood vessels, it tightens them back up. Right. Okay. Which we need because we're dropping blood pressure. Right. Right. So it gets that blood pressure back up. But also on smooth muscle, which histamine constricts, Mm. adrenaline loosens. Oh, that's cool. So it works like almost the exact opposite. That's why it's perfect. And right. and based on movies, you really got to hit somebody with an EpiPen, right? Like, you can't just, like, you gotta jab them. You got to be like, oh! Like, even if it's the leg, which is lame. But, like, even if you do it, like, you're going to be like, oh! You got to, like, leave a bruise there, right? You got to, like, hit the shit out of the pen to the body. There are, like, 17 bench warrants for you in states all across the U.S. Yeah. From you assaulting people with EpiPens. Yeah, like, yeah. Fucking just, like, punching them in the gut. I'm not it. allowed in Delaware. <laughs> because of EpiPens.
<laughs> they call me Epi Nate in the Midwest because I walk around with EpiPens. You need an EpiPen. So, you know, uh, with, with all of these things, right, like, the, the first, the main thing that you want to try to do is, like, avoid the allergen in right. general, right? Like, right. that'd be nice if you can do that. Right. Sometimes allergens can be hard to avoid, and so that's why people will be carrying around EpiPens and stuff like that. Yeah. In some cases, there are treatments that we're starting to do, like the venom immunotherapy we were talking about. Cool. Where basically, you take little amounts of the venom, and you inject it under the skin of a person who is allergic to that venom. Right. And usually they have a little bit of reaction there, but it's a small amount of the venom. Right. And you give them those injections like once a week for like six months. So finally your body's like, okay. Yeah. That's not that big of a deal. So it's like once a week for six months and then once a month for six months. Bummer. And then once every couple of months for like three to five years. Okay. Not worth it. (laughs) But once all of that is done. Yeah. Yes. What happens is other immune cells that are kind of hanging around under your skin, will finally start to take notice of the venom, realize that it keeps being there. Right. And then we'll start to kind of change the immune response so that we learn, like, okay, like, let's not flip out the next time that we see this. Right. It's like, you might still have some bad cops in the department, but now you've created, like, a kind of more of an institutional responsibility, right? You've changed the culture inside this police department. So now the other cells will be like... Testifying against Chauvin, right? <laughs> wow, is that what you think happened? <laughs> is it not? I didn't watch any. <laughs> didn't uh, the didn't the police chief? He was like, "Yeah, I think he killed him." Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's like indicative of an actual culture shift so much as yeah. like, like. But that's what we're talking about here, right? <laughs> yes. In the human body. I think <laughs> I'm trying to find an off ramp from this analogy. <laughs> get, it, get me out of here! It's and hot. what's the deal with civil forfeiture? It's too hot. Yeah. Anyway, so you know I, that's I think a good way to end this episode. Yeah. Because on just, civil forfeiture. <laughs> on things like venom immunotherapy, because next time in the next episode we are going to get to talk yeah. about some of the recent advances that aren't just about taking antihistamines or something and guys if you want more progress on those advances or on police reform please write to joe manchin especially if he's not your senator he wants to hear from you especially if you're not from west virginia (laughs) why are you doing this (laughs) wow Uh, again i just like to give these things that (laughs) you know stacy's like kind of dozing off a little bit yeah (laughs) great okay well speaking of stacy let's say thank you to stacy song our sound lord and engineer and animator thank you stacy this whole pod exists so we can endeavor to find a cure for your allergies. Oh, okay. Woo! <laughs> and thank you to Brian Allen, you know, for stuff. Mm-hmm. We have a Twitter account, at Dish Podcast, and a Gmail account, PetriDishPod at gmail.com, and a Patreon at patreon.com slash PetriDish, in Ooh. case that's your thing. Hmm. Well, guys, ich benign allergies. Huh. Okay, yeah. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Da 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 da